Yes, indeed. Welcome to the outpost in the borderlands, post-orthodoxy. We're glad you're here. So happy to be here with you. Every time we're like, oh my God, we get to do another live stream and talk with people about the shit. So exciting. So thanks for joining us, those of you that are joining us live, and those of you that will join in partially through the video, and those of you that will watch this or listen to this later on any of our online platforms or on uh, wherever podcasts are found. I need to work on that a little bit. (laughs) Wherever podcasts are found. Wherever. (laughs) That's right. Um, And in an effort to be wherever podcasts are found, uh, we are dropping down from two shows a week to one show a week for the foreseeable future. Um, It's hard to... Quality over quantity. Yeah, it's hard to get the stuff out there that we want to share with you guys and also prep for two two two-hour live shows, do two two two-hour live shows, and then post-produce two two two-hour live shows in audio and in video form. And And then then also interact with all of you guys on Facebook, which is what we've done most of this last week. Yes, we spent a lot of time last week in conversation with people, Mm -hmm. which is kind of supposed to be the premise of the show. And the idea was to have the conversation during the show so that we could be critiqued during the show so that we can all be on the same page towards uh, um, a greater understanding of the world that we live in and hopefully in that process coming to terms with uh, sense-making of this world. Like what sources, um, not epidemiology, Epistemological. Epistemology. Yeah, we're looking for some epistemological um, grounding for our understanding. Epistemological house cleaning. Epistemology is the branch of philosophy concerned with knowledge. Epistemologists study the nature, origin, and scope of knowledge. Epistemic justification, the rationality of belief, and various related issues. That's uh, my new rabbit hole. So, like, how do you know you know what you know? Where are your sources, and how do you know to trust those sources to inform you? Right. We talked about a previous on a previous show last week. We mentioned the idea that in history, recent history, we have become aware of the food that we eat in relation to how it makes us feel mm. in our overall health. That has become more and more important uh, important for some people. And I am hoping that we can see a similar trend towards people uh, becoming aware of what information they're putting in their head, how it was processed, where it came from, what the motivations are of getting it to your head. Mm. 
-hmm. because that's a big deal. Right. And are they, are they in now? These are all different things. We've been talking a lot with friends of the show this week about political influences around the information. Um, but that's not the only one. Uh, sometimes people conflate a political interest with a financial interest. Um, for instance, the fact that, um, there is a man on the board of Pfizer that is still on the board of the Reuters organization, um, which is a fact-checking source that fact-checks vaccine information on Facebook. So that's not necessarily a political conflict of interest, mm -hmm. but I would suspect it's probably a financial conflict of interest and worth investigating. Seems like it would be a, a conflict of interest. We've also shared... But um, I don't know. Maybe that guy is just following the data. Yeah. I don't know where his data Maybe is. Maybe he's just following the data. We've also shared, been sharing um, an article or signal boosting, as a friend of the show put it. Ooh. We've been signal boosting an article that has collected 79 medical studies full of data. S yeah, it was 30. About natural yeah. immunity. It was like 29 or 30 studies last week, and they've updated it to 79 studies yeah, and I'd like to talk about this. And um, and and to finish, like yeah. that article was written by was shared by an online news organization that has admitted in their about section that they are a libertarian organization. Now, how many of your news sources admit their political leanings in yeah, their in their about section? Yeah, it's important to know the motivations of the people sharing the information. Uh, for the record, uh, I'm not a big fan of th the generalized idea of libertarianism. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I am a big fan of aspects of libertarianism, hmm. but I am not a libertarian. Right. And I will not be a libertarian. I'm a fan of aspects of the Democratic position, and I'm, I'm a fan of aspects of the Republican position. Wait, how can you can't have both? Oh, but I can. But we can. Because <laughs> I'm a free agent in the world, and I do not belong to clubs I know over my own personal ethics. People who are in hyper-partisan hyper -partisan relationships with their party, I feel like is cognitively damaging. A relationship with your political party. Yes, and I, I think a lot of people can't delineate, can't discern between Democrats huh. and the DNC. Right. Democratic right? voters, your citizens and neighbors, and My perhaps and yourself, neighbors, yes. are a different thing than the organization running the Democratic Party on a national scale. Right. So I think... Those are different people. People who are Democrats can be mad at libertarians because they don't agree with their philosophy or their political philosophy. But for some reason, they don't share the same amount of critique or critical um, perception of the DNC mm -hmm. who has we have we have a record of them uh, rigging primaries against the will of the Democratic you voters. You could know these things. We that's a thing that happened more than once. Yes. But rather than turning the attention towards your organization, the DNC, and saying, hey, we need to get right. Yeah. We need to have ethical behavior in our organization. Yeah. And this is a big thing I've been harping on for months is that we years. have an ethical problem. <laughs> we have an ethical crisis. Not years. I've only come to the ethical thing when it bit me in the ass, right? When somebody tried to accuse you of being non-ethical? <laughs> no, when they unethically kicked me out of an organization. Oh, right, because they didn't like what you were talking about, because you weren't so, being Democrat enough. It was fine not to be ethical if we don't like you, and that's, the prob that's what ethics are that's supposed to prevent. That's a big That's what ethics are supposed to prevent. So when the Democratic Party members do not hold their party responsible for ethical violations, that breaks down 
the, the ground, the basis for trusting in the process. Right. So that's a problem. So this is, I'm going a bit on a sidebar, but this is, we are not partisan players. People who are partisan players often accuse our side, Ainsley and my side, or our team, or our whatever. But we're not on a team or a side. And they, that's hard for yeah. people to grasp who are on one. People who are in a club have a hard time understanding what it's like to be outside of a club. And that's not derogatory or condescending. That's just like a philosophical thing. Yeah, we're in a gang called the Loners. <laughs> um, so we shared some information. The information was uh, an aggregate of a bunch of studies. Now, I imagine the people that picked those studies had an agenda in picking those studies. Mm, mm. They picked 29. Now it's up to 79. 79. Studies that are showing that natural immunity is as good as or better than herd immunity. Um, vaccine Sorry, immunity. The vaccine immunity. Right. Which is something. Right. That was understood in the medical community for decades yeah, we have prior a, to this pandemic. We have a we have a an image we'll bring up in a second, Ooh. but I want to sort of break it down. So the idea is a libertarian organization is sharing information where they've aggregated studies. These are not libertarian studies. These are not studies. libertarian studies. These are studies that the libertarians like, and that's why they've encoded, uh, 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 put them into one. So we know their bias. We know what they're looking for, which is... Vaccines are um, uh, well, so natural immunity is just as safe, or is just as long lasting, and protective as vaccine immunity. That's right. what they're go- that, That's what they're trying to demonstrate. Let's put this in context scientifically. In context. Yes, here's what happens with science: someone is looking around or wondering something, and they make a hypothesis. They hypothesize. I bet such and such is the truth, and then if they're a good scientist, they go out and they try to find data that either matches, supports, or refutes their hypothesis. If they're a good scientist, they want to go specifically looking for any data that refutes their hypothesis because they don't want to lose their integrity by putting a hypothesis out there as as an actual fact that's not an actual fact. So a good scientist looks for information that supports his beliefs and, I mean, his hypothesis and for information that refutes his hypothesis to see how strong the hypothesis is. That, that would be good science. So Brownstone has gone, has found a bunch of studies that support their hypothesis, which is not a weird hypothesis. This they, has been around for a very long time. Yeah. Brownstone is an organization that came up in 2020. They're a 501c3. So you should be able to see who is funding them because yeah. they're a 501c3. So they also have claimed to be the brainchild of the Great Barrington Declaration, which is this massive group of doctors, scientists, and concerned citizens around the world that have signed this declaration saying that a one-size-fits-all approach to a medical issue does not make good scientific... Dangerous. Doesn't make good scientific sense. Yeah. And the main thrust of what they suggested and they were lampooned for, which is the idea of um, uh, focused protection... Right. So once the, the virus went into a phase where we knew who was most at risk and who was not most at risk, that we should then turn our attention to focus on the people most at risk rather than locking down the entire world in um, through mandates that are proving to be detrimental, more deadly. Yes. 
then the vi- the reaction mm-hmm. is proving to be more deadly than the virus itself. The Great Barrington Declaration says maybe we don't lock down the entire planet and the vast majority of people who are not going to suffer extreme um, uh, cases of COVID or death and focus on the people who are. That makes sense to me. And it makes sense to a lot of other scientists. Right. Um, so anyway, they started this organization to forward information mm-hmm. about uh, uh, debunking this sort of COVID narrative that is based on hyperbolic uh, projections that have proven to be false and the dangerous nature of the of the lockdowns. And I think they're concerned, as a good libertarian would be concerned, about vaccine manda- uh, mandates and vaccine passports. Yeah. If you're a libertarian... I would think you would be concerned about this. Oh, yeah. So it makes sense that according to their personal ethics, they are wondering if the if vaccine mandates and passports are ethical or and in light of the data and going. They're wondering, are these ethical and are they going to do more good than harm? And then they went and looked at the data to see what the data says. Now, we've been given a few sources from friends that disagree with our positions. Yes. um, But all of their sources are just people they trust making statements that they trust. Yeah. I, we can, They're not data. So the Libertarian Post is, is, I would like to focus on the message of the Post. We've already said they're Libertarian. They're coming from the Great Barrington Declaration. We know who they are and what their motivations are. And then we have 79 studies, yeah. scientific studies. This is not yeah. just some guy with a clipboard out at the mall. And it's not just a statement from a trusted source. No. It's data. It's data and studies. So I have not read all 79 studies. But the conclusion of those studies are that natural immunity is as good, if not better, yes. than vaccine immunity. So that seems to be some work that if you really are concerned, you can look into that. So we shared that. On. We shared that. And then uh, we the source, again, was attacked. The libertarian source was attacked for being libertarian. Mm-hmm. And then... The one which is, source, which is an ad hominem, that an is ad hominem an, ad, an ad hominem. If you attack the messenger rather than evaluating the message, the message. Now so, we evaluate the messenger and the message. It's a good thing to do. Yes. So the link that was shared with us is um, Nebraska Medicine, which is a hospital in Nebraska and a medical group. So we can look into who they are and what they are. They it have an seems about reputable page. Because they, they have an a, about page. You can find out who they are. It's like a state. Nebraska is like a government organization. It's a state. So that seems reputable. And it's like a medical organization, <laughs> right? So it's like a medical organization. So it's an that, actual state, not a fake state. Right. Yeah, it's not right. just a group of people out in the world saying, fuck this shit. Mm-mm. It's a state making, you know, it's like a approved government organization mm-hmm. saying something. It's not a government organization. Well, Nebraska. It's it, not. It's the, a, the Great it's, Barrington it's Declaration, pro- is, okay. it, people look at that and they're like, that's just a bunch of randos. Right. Well, Nebraska Medicine is a hospital. It's not a government organization. It's a dot com. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, a hospital. But so, we've been trained to feel like we can trust okay. sources more if they're associated with a government. Well, our friend, I think, felt that way. Yeah. So, so uh, reason he trusts this source, number one, it's affiliated with a state somehow. Yeah. Reason he trusts this source, number two, it's a, hospital. It's a large medical organization. So those are his reasons for trusting things. Those right. are not our reasons for right. trusting things. Right. So 79 studies saying natural immunity is as good or better 
than Actual vaccine studies. immunity. Yeah. Those are studies, yeah. scientific studies. The link that he sent me to refute those 79 things that were not read. Yeah. Nebraska medicine, COVID-19 natural immunity versus vaccination. They give you uh, the possibility. That's the title? Yes. Okay. And they give you the ability to tweet or Facebook this article. Okay. Which the scientific studies don't. Right. You can't just read it and then like immediately share it with your friends and loved ones. Or not read it, but share it anyway because you agree with the title. Shall we go through this? Yes. A little bit? Let's go through it. So it's not a government organization. It's not a government organization. It's just like a hospital, like a big hospital. And they're attacking that thing, natural immunity versus vaccination. So they say, if you've had COVID-19 before, does your natural immunity work better than a vaccine? The data is clear. Natural immunity is not better. Now. Okay. There's no data. In the article. In the article. Okay. There's no reference. Do they reference. Like link sources? No. At the bottom of the article? Uh, no. There's no like from little tiny number one, this giant study with these important people. No. There's no data. There's no study. Okay. There's no reference to who did the study. There's no um, like number of people, none of that. It just says the data is clear. Okay, so that's that's not scientific that's, at all. This is a propaganda piece. Yeah. Well, now we don't need to go that far. I, I think we do. But we could just stop at... Okay. I mean, let's go that far in a minute. But let's just say this, this conversation um, ceases to be productive at this point. Because we had... Right. We shared 79 medical studies from scientists and doctors who evaluated thousands of cases of humans to determine that at least in these 79 separate studies, that natural immunity is just as, if not better, than vaccine immunity. So those are real studies. We shared those. We shared those. And in order to, in an attempt to refute those 79 actual studies, uh, our friend of the show shared... Said one, libertarian, so who cares? Right. Two, an article that has no data. Right. Well, he did. Yeah, he, he was basically like, uh, these are from libertarians, so strike one. And then he shared an article to refute, to, to an attempt to refute those 79 medical studies in which the article has no studies or data in it. It just says the data, what this friend of the show already believes is true. Right. So this is confirmation bias. So if he would like to come back um, and share some studies with some date, real data, medical studies where we can see when was it conducted? How many people was it conducted on? What were the findings? What was the interpretation of the findings? Because those are two separate things and how long, you know, like then we can, then we can compare sources. So so if we want to go into this, there's a further down in the article, it says a third of infections don't get any protective antibodies. They say 30% of COVID-19 cases don't result in development of SARS-CoV-2 antibodies. And there's a hyperlink. So I guess they're linking to a study now. Oh. So let's, okay, let's, let's go, go to that see. study. So this is They're linking to a source. CDC. Okay. So, so this medical source said the data shows. And now they're linking to a source, which you can click if you want to. So yeah. we're clicking it. And what source did they take us to? To the CDC. Okay. The CDC. Which has lied. Well, they have lied. But they have also uh, made hypotheses that encourage people to go get the vaccines. We shared, I have an article, we can share that article in the thing for people. Um, The CDC in March said that CDC data showed that people who get vaccinated will not get sick and will not spread the disease. That was the CDC. Mm -hmm. And maybe they really meant it. Yeah, maybe they really believed that at that time. I won't call them liars because I don't know what the motivations were of the individual people and why they said that or what their data was. 
But they said data shows yeah. that you won't get sick and you won't spread the disease. Well, you do. And they also have now admitted. They admit that, yeah. yeah. It's, that's, I mean, they're not. That's they're common not, knowledge. They're not spreading it everywhere. They're not putting it all on all the posters in the bathrooms. Right. And they're not teaching it to people in schools. But they did admit somewhere online, the director said, uh, you can still get sick with COVID even when you're vaccinated. And you can still spread that sickness around to people that you care about even when you're vaccinated. So you can look at the study and the conclusions from the CDC. I do look at CDC data, but I also always put it in context with data from other health organizations from around the world because the CDC has a really crappy record of being correct. Right. So, yeah, I never just trust the CDC. Um, so they do have they link they to also, some data. Yeah, they also lie. They lie. They linked to some data. Um, and so... The CDC did? No, that... The CD... Uh, the, Nebraska Medici- the Nebraska Medicine article linked to uh, 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 some data about 36% of cases do not result in development of SARS-CoV-2 antibodies. Now, speaking, you know, myself, I've got SARS-CoV-2 in February of yeah. 2020. Mm-hmm. I went and gave blood sometime that summer, and they said I didn't have antibodies. Weird. But then when you got SARS-CoV-2 in February of 2021... You didn't get sick again. I didn't get sick again. And I definitely had it. I had like three tests to prove it. And I definitely made out with you. <laughs> and we definitely lived in close quarters. So I didn't He, he get... didn't like lock me in my bedroom and slip mac and cheese under the door. So there's... there's we talk about antibodies a lot, but I think there's this also a whole story around T-cell immunity that needs to be looked into. Right. Antibodies is not the, the only story. It's not the only story. So... That is an interesting refutation that, so they're saying the only data that I see them sharing is that if you get SARS-CoV-2, you may not get antibodies. So let's see if they're linking to other, they're linking to some other, let's see who the next link is to. Oh, the CDC. Okay. So the CDC linked to itself? No. um, The article has several hyperlinks and they're all to the CDC. Is this article on your Facebook page? It's on the post-orthodoxy page. Okay. Uh, friend of the show had posted it in relation to the 79 scientific right, studies right, right, from right, different right. sources and different agencies. So this article okay. is, seems I'm going to look through this too while we're talking. And, only, and if you guys have any sources or comments, we want to be hearing from you. We're here to talk with you guys for the next Yeah, we're not while. here to confirm our bias. No, 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 just no. Just so you know that. We're not here. We're saying, please give us a fucking actual source that has some actual data that actually confirms your bias. Right. So this is one source, Nebraska Medicine, which is just an article linking to data, which only so far I've only seen one source. Okay. Uh, uh, unvaccinated. See. Yeah, it's all CDC links. Uh, Mark Rupp, MD. Did you open that one? Uh, no. Natural immunity can be spotty. Okay. Some people can react vigorously and get a great antibody response. Other people don't get such a great response, says infectious diseases expert Mark Rupp. Clearly, vaccine-induced immunity is more standardized and can be longer-lasting. Now, Can be. Well, but... Also, that's just a claim. Like, how does There's he... No, yeah. Wh- to me, if SARS-CoV-2 floats through my nose and SARS-CoV-2 floats through Dark's nose, and I have a strong immune response and develop stronger or more antibodies, and Dark has a weak immune response and, inv- and, and develops weaker or fewer antibodies than me, why does not the same thing happen when the SARS-CoV-2 shot floats through our system? Okay, so if we're going to... If this article is going to say natural immunity versus vaccination and their conclusions... 
from the data is that natural immunity is not as good as a vaccine. That's their conclusion in this story. In this Nebraska medicine yeah. thing. And it's almost all based on CDC data, which we know is... Sus. We've been using CDC data for the entire narrative of this pandemic, and it has been incorrect over and over and over, and yet that seems to be okay for folks. So, which I find problematic. This is why I feel like so many of the people that I know are suffering trauma responses and not able to evaluate data clearly Mm -hmm. because of the trauma around what's happened with the coronavirus. I'm going to back myself up here a second. Back it up. Because... This is me trusting my sources. When you told me about this article that Glenn yeah. shared, you said that it did not have any any data linked to it. I I said that. You said that to me. And and so I opened the show with the same perspective because I did not go look at the article first, but obviously it does have data and well, studies linked to it. I discovered that later. I They said the data, and I was looking for the data, and they don't say it. They just make statements about the data. And then they have hyperlinks to their source, which is yeah. the CDC, which I discovered as I started reading. Well, we also have a hyperlink to a MedRVix Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory BMJ and Yale study, the okay. preprint server for health sciences, right. on the six-month safety and efficacy of the BNT blah, blah, blah mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Um, what did we find out about that? Well, it's, it's a long heckin' study. Okay. Results... Um, the vaccine continues to be safe and well tolerated in an ongoing placebo controlled observer blinded multinational pivotal efficacy study, 44,000 older than 16 year old participants and 2,200 15, 12 to 15 year old participants were randomized to receive two doses, 21 days apart of the vaccine or a placebo Study endpoints reported here are vaccine efficacy against laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 and safety data, both up to six months post-vaccination. So, uh, conclusion, within up to six months of follow-up and despite a gradually declining trend in vaccine efficacy, this vaccine, whatever BNT, blah, 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 had a favorable safety profile and was highly efficacious in preventing COVID-19. I really wonder, I get, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, this is, this is very complex, yeah, it's a very complex issue. It's I understand com- why people just, just go want along to with the narrative. Just trust someone. So yeah. that was Pfizer. Now Mad- Wait, that was Pfizer? That was that was the, the Pfizer. Pfizer vaccine. Mm-hmm. The other yeah, article says natural both Pfizer and Moderna reported strong vaccine protection for at least 6 months. So I guess what they're saying is if we give some of the 17,000 people the vaccine and some of the 17,000 people a placebo mm. and then we mix up all the results of who got sick and blindly and like blindly what you're supposed to do in studies blindly yeah. look at um People that got the placebo that did get sick and people that got the placebo that did not get sick. Right. Um, they feel as though fewer people got sick who got the vaccine. They feel or their data says that? Well, I haven't had a chance to look right, at the data. Right, All I can right. look at is the summary. The summary seems to be saying that Pfizer found in this 17,000-person study that because they found that fewer people who got the vaccine got sick than the the ones that got the placebo. But again, I mean, like, 
this is very complex. Did they did they sort them by pre-existing conditions? Did they sort them by where they live in the country oh. based on pollution levels? Did well, they sort them by their anxiety levels? Did they sort them like what? Let's like, bring it back to the original premise of why we're talking about this. Okay, I'm just no, concerned. Yeah. I'm just concerned because we opened up the show, and I want people to know that we have integrity. We Absolutely. opened up the show by saying our friend shared with us a source that has no data behind it, and there are data. There are studies with which, data. Which I said. Like, finally, I found it because it's in hyperlinks. Yeah. Not, they didn't present the data. They put it in hyperlinks. So, so. I was looking for, like, some data and a science and a study. So they basically, what have we got? We've got the MedRx article. We have several CDC mm-hmm. links, which, again, I have, uh, let's see here, post-COVID syndrome. We, we recommend people with post-COVID syndrome, long haulers, should get the vaccine. And those are hyperlinked. Let's That's see. quite possible. Post-COVID haulers. And they just link to another article of themselves, Nebraska Medicine. So I guess you can go through that article and find some hyperlinks. And then they should get the vaccines is another link back to themselves uh, on how to get a vaccine appointment. Okay. That's that hyperlink. Uh, Side effects show that the vaccine is working, they say. Let's click on that. That goes back to Nebraska Medicine referencing themselves. Okay, so the Moderna study. Moderna COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. Yeah. Final blinded analysis of phase three study shows 93% efficacy. Efficacy remains durable through six months after second dose. Moderna booster candidates demonstrate robust antibody responses in of concern in phase two dosing started in phase one studies for quadrivalent seasonal flu vaccine candidates blah, blah, blah. i don't understand that stuff moderna has mrna candidates in clinical development across five therapeutic areas infectious disease cardiovascular oncology rare disease and autoimmune disorders so i feel i feel as though i need to actually go and read those pfizer studies sure before I can say conclusively whether or not Glenn didn't, in fact, share a source that no. proves. I mean, like. It's, okay, one, it's let, one source. All right. Let me dial it back. Let me dial it back one more time and then I'll let you go. Okay. All right. Right. So. So what were we saying? We're saying people aren't talking about natural immunity and natural immunity has been understood for decades to be stronger than vaccine immunity. At least 70 years. Yeah. So here are. Why are we not talking about natural immunity? Why does the John Hopkins website only talk about vaccines as a possibility for ending the pandemic instead of vaccine immunity and natural immunity, with which both contribute to herd immunity? Mm. Um, why are we telling people who have already had COVID and have natural immunity to also go get vaccine immunity? Um, and these studies are saying natural immunity is as strong as or stronger than the vaccine. So we should not be forcing everyone to get the vaccine if they've already been sick. Um, That's according to traditional knowledge. And current studies. And current studies. Of COVID-19. Yes. 79 current studies. Yes. So then these sources that Glenn shared are saying, look, Pfizer is helping people not get sick. And Moderna is helping people not get sick. That may be true. May be true. Getting sick also helps people not get sick. And that's what we're not talking about. True. So I am going to look into these studies. Um because I think it's really important that I um, am always checking myself. Yes. But but I'm re- I'm realizing live as we're going through this that we need to get back to the original point, which is that our health officials should be talking about natural immunity as an equal contributor to herd immunity as well as the vaccines. Would you mind putting up that graph? 
Sure. Uh, or that chart or whatever you want to call it. Because the point, let's not get lost in the weeds. The point for me is that natural immunity does not have lobbyists in D.C. Natural immunity does not have pundits going to CNN. Mm -hmm. Pfizer does. Moderna does. So that's something that I think is maybe something worth putting into the into the into the scene that we're looking at here. Ooh, so this, this is, is a this is not as I want this to be bigger. So I'm just going to make it bigger and we'll just scroll through it. Okay, make it bigger. So this is a uh, evolution of herd immunity. Uh, evolution of herd immunity theory at the WHO. So the source is the WHO. God, I'm sorry. Uh, the chart is not from the WHO, but the source is. So the World Health Organization, founded in 1948, and from there up until uh, one and a half months ago. Okay. 70 years of science. Vaccine, uh, here is what the WHO used to say about herd immunity, which is natural immunity. So in uh, the 9th of June, 2020, so we're already in the pandemic, right? The 9th of June, 2020, WHO said, herd immunity is the indirect protection from an infectious disease that happens when a population is immune, either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infection. This means that people who haven't been infected or whom an infection hasn't triggered an immune response, they are protected because people around them who are immune can act as buffers between them and infect the infected person. The threshold for establishing herd immunity for COVID-19 is not yet clear. Okay, so that was June 2020. Yeah, so let's move to 13th of November 2020. So what they say in this little chart is vaccine was credited one time mm -hmm. in that... Uh, natural infection was equally credit, credited mm -hmm. one time. So now, a few months later, in November 2020, vaccine, vaccine is mentioned two times, and natural infection is discredited. They say, what is herd immunity? This is the WHO in 13 November 2020. Herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is a concept used for vaccination. What? No, that's it, that's not that's a lie. That's what they said. That's incorrect. Is no, 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 that's incorrect. It's a lie, and it goes against seventy years of science. That's the WHO lying. Yes. Herd immunity is not a concept about vaccination. Well, it might be used for vaccination and also natural immunity, but they left natural immunity out. So let's just go what they said. Herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is a concept used for vaccination in which a population can be protected from certain virus if a threshold of vaccination is reached. So Excuse they just changed me? 70 years of science. Herd immunity is achieved through vaccination and through natural immunity. And then below it, they say herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, uh, not by exposing them to it. That is also a lie. <laughs> what is going on? Read the, I haven't even read this chart yet, and I'm freaking out. Read the Director General's 12 October media briefing speech for more detail. So that was in November of 2020. Now, if you move over to the big block of text, 
dude, no, this is like, this is a big deal. Like, it's we gotta a lie. Go, we gotta go. It's a lie. You have to call a lie a lie when you see a lie. Like, I try really hard to be very chill about my responses to people's positions mm. and to the data that gets shared with us and to be very clear in my critiques. Mm-hmm. I don't just call people assholes. I don't just say that people are full of shit. I, I actually say, here's what you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Here's what you did incorrect. Right. I don't just say, I don't like it or you're stupid or you're full of yourself. I say, here's something that you did that was incorrect. This is incorrect. This is a lie. It's a lie. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. That is a lie. That's uh, never been the case before. That's 70, that goes against 70 years of science. And thousands of years of actual behaviors on the planet. Like of the human evolution we, of us. Homo in, sapiens, yeah. yeah, homo sapiens have known about herd immunity, but that doesn't mean herd immunity, herd immunity was invented. That's like saying gravity was invented whenever that guy discovered gravity. Yeah, I think when the Homo sapiens started crawling around, uh, they didn't go get vaccines whenever they got sick. They somehow managed to overcome through some kind of natural immunity to viruses in their environment. Yeah. Yeah. So it happened before Pfizer was around. Herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. This is a lie. Yes. You also, and as society, achieve herd immunity when a certain number of people- have been exposed to a virus right. either through vaccination exposure or through naturally occurring exposure to the virus. It's well, both. That's what they said uh, four months before. Yeah. But now they just don't say that. Now it gets even better. That was 13th of December, 2020. Let's see what they said 31st of December, 2020. In this uh, little, and it gets way more complex here. <sighs> Vaccination is mentioned 18 times. Natural infection mentioned one time with 0% credit towards herd immunity mentioned. And they, rather than just throwing out vaccination twice, they do it 18 times. And this is what they say. Herd immunity, also known as population immunity, is the indirect protection from an infectious disease that happens when a population is immune either through vaccinations or immunity developed through previous infections. Okay. So they say it. Okay, thank you. Thank so you. they changed it. They, they went back on their lie from December. Right. So November. WHO supports achieving herd immunity through vaccination, not by allowing a disease to spread through any segment of the population, as this would result in unnecessary cases and deaths. Would like to see the data on that. Mm. Herd immunity against COVID-19 should be achieved by protecting people through vaccination, not through exposing them to the pathogen that causes the disease. So I don't know why they think that's the case, especially when the disease is only affecting a very small segment of the population. And in, we know in de- who's in, affected. In, in a severely detrimental way. You got COVID. I got COVID. We have some kind of immunity from it. Yeah. I got sick for a while. That's what happens. Yeah. Some I got people sick for a died. While. That sucks. Like it really I'm, sucks. I'm not a callous person. I know that it sucks that people died. A friend of the show recently pointed out that two gentlemen in Butte recently died. I read the article. One was a guy in his sixties. One was a guy in his seventies. I looked one of them up on Facebook because I found out through a friend who it was. Yeah. And, um, this gentleman rest in peace was a morbidly obese gentleman in his sixties. So like, that's not surprising. I'm right. not, I'm sad. I'm yeah. I'm empathetically sad for his loved ones and for his loss of life, but that is not surprising. That's not shocking. I don't think me getting a vaccine would have helped him. 
we we've known this since last May, who is most likely to die from this disease. And we've known since last May and far longer before that early treatments and measures that people can take to protect themselves from viruses that float around the planet. And we weren't being told any of those things. So they go further. Read the director general's 12 October media briefing speech for more detail. Vaccines train our immune system to create proteins that fight disease known as antibodies, just as would happen when we are exposed to a disease. But crucially, vaccines work without making us sick. Excuse me? That's what they said. They said that in December last year. Before everybody started getting the shots. Right. Well, I mean, I can just scroll back through my Facebook feed for the last year and show you every time that a loved one got the vaccine and was out of work for three days because they were fucking sick. Let's go further. Vaccinated people are protected from getting the disease in question and passing on the pathogen. Okay, that's also something that we know now is not true. That's not true. That's not true anymore. Breaking any claims of transmission... Are are breaking any claims of transmission? Uh, Chains? Breaking any chains of transmission. Um, So that's also not true. That's what a vaccine is supposed to do. That's what vaccines used to do. Right. Other So this is the thing. Not mRNA technology. People are like, get vaccinated because vaccines work. And I'm like... Vaccine. Some vaccines in the past have worked that way. So they invite but you. That doesn't mean this vaccine is going to work that way. Well, they're, they're Just claiming that sight unseen. Well, we and also we know now it doesn't work that way. It says visit our webpage on COVID nineteen, the WHO's webpage on COVID nineteen. Okay. Uh, for uh, for more details. Okay. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, it says visit our webpage on COVID nineteen and vaccines for more detail. So let's go further. What they're saying in December. To safely achieve herd immunity against COVID-19, a substantial proportion of the population would need to be vaccinated, lowering the overall amount of virus able to spread in the whole population. So, they, again, they've left out the value of people who got sick and got better. Well, what, well to be even more crass, they've yeah. left out the known scientific fact that natural immunity also contributes to yeah, they've herd that, immunity. They've omitted that fact. That's called lying by omission. That's not me setting up a straw man and then kicking the messenger for something they didn't say. I'm kicking the messenger for something they didn't say. So let's go into the rationale that everybody is supporting the vaccines on. Um, one of the aims with working towards herd immunity, and I guess they mean through vaccination, apparently, is to keep vulnerable groups who cannot get vaccinated i.e. due to health conditions like allergic reactions to the vaccine. Okay. I know someone who's allergic to safe vaccines. Safe and protected from the disease. So I think what they're saying is that the people who have an allergy to the vaccine, uh-huh. because some people have an allergy to the vaccine, we must all get vaccinated to protect the people who have an allergy to the vaccine. Well, that would... that We could talk about that ethically. Is that what they're saying? We could talk about that ethically. Yeah. If this vaccine stopped me from catching, carrying, and transmitting COVID-19 to a person that can't get the vaccine. Right. The premise that they're basing that on is a false premise in the above paragraph that says that people are protected from getting the disease or passing on the Uh, pathogen. Phil Selbo says, I thought herd immunity occurred as a result of evolution, wherein those who died were unable to reproduce and pass on their (laughs) DNA. That's traditionally been... 
how humans do it. And people would say, we have science now. We that's don't like, let, we don't need to let people die. Well, but that's, that's like macro herd, herd immunity. Yes. That's like, that's like, um, evolution versus microevolution versus macroevolution. Like, yes, over time we develop herd immunity because the people that can't hack it die. Yeah. Um, and he goes on to say such that future generations are those who have the DNA, which allows them to survive. I could be wrong though. Maybe that's simply called evolution. <laughs> No, I think I, I'm going to, I'll look into that right. um, and see if that used to be a definition of herd immunity. Cause now the only definition the of herd immunity is just vaccination, right. which uh, is false. On Wikipedia, when we first started trying to educate ourselves on this issue, which is as people who are presenting information to people, people who are trying to educate ourselves, we have been sharing right. our process of educating ourselves. We, I didn't know what, um, terrain theory was until I started looking into it. Yeah. And now you can't look into it. Because what Wikipedia has changed itself to talk about terrain theory as if it's a disproven science, no. yeah, disproven well, pseudoscience. No. So now, it, so briefly, germ theory <laughs> is that you're a pristine individual and then you don't encounter germs. But if you encounter the germ, it gets you sick. If you encounter the pathogen, you get sick. Yeah. So it's invaded you. And then, and it didn't have anything to do with you. It, it just has to do, to do with, with germs being bad. You just got in touch with the germ. Now you're sick. And they will always get you. Terrain theory was that if you are have a healthy immune system, you're always encountering germs. Yeah. And you only get sick whenever your immune system has become compromised through lack of sleep, bad food, anxiety, stress, anxiety. Then you're prone to a negative effect from the germs that are in your environment all the time. Yeah, what is so it So these are like two different theories. Up to five pounds of any given human is genetic material that's not you. It's viruses, bacteria, pathogens, other things right. floating around in your environment. So Cheese. <laughs> to educate ourselves, we went to Wikipedia and started looking into the history of terrain theory. Uh, the rival doctors that were had rival theories at the same time. And it also mentioned that... Uh, Louis Pasteur, the originator of germ theory, on his deathbed said, you know what, germ theory isn't the whole thing. Mm. Her- he said that, yeah. right? He said it on his deathbed, yeah. which means he was like, okay, I've been fighting with this guy about terrain theory My for, whole life, for our but career. People deserve to know. They need to know that he's got something going on there. So now if you go to Wikipedia and you look up terrain theory, it redirects you to germ theory denialism. Oh, my Lord. So you used to be able to educate yourself on alternative things. So if you want to find out what herd immunity is, good luck. You need to go into the Wayback Machine. What terrain theory is. No, no, herd immunity. I looked up the definition of herd immunity. Yeah, and has the the definition changed this year? Uh, No, are you talking about herd immunity or terrain theory? Herd immunity. Okay. I just Googled in an incognito window herd immunity. And, And the Mayo Clinic says. Okay. The, may, the top result from the yeah. Mayo Clinic on Google says herd immunity occurs when a large portion of a community, the herd, yeah. becomes immune to a disease, making the spread of disease from person to person unlikely. As a result, the whole community becomes protected, not just those who are immune. Right. Okay. Um, they don't say you, anything about vaccines or natural immunity. At least not that. in that initial paragraph. Right. Um so that's good. That's scientific. That's all true at this point. It's understood. True as from, I know, as I understand from it. From like, yeah. you know, decades of medical belief, um, understanding, medical understanding. Um, so if you want to see 
previous long-standing definitions of terrain theory, you have to get in the Wayback Machine. And we're not just saying that in a funkadelic kind of way. There is actually a Wayback Machine. You can Google the Wayback Machine on the internet. <laughs> and the way, yes. the way, and then you, you Google the Wayback Machine and you type in or copy and paste the address of a web page that you believe has changed its story. Right. I did this to KBMF a lot last right, year. Right, because they changed their, yes. Because <laughs> they changed their story a lot. Um, and you can see previous versions of that web page. The Wayback Machine takes pictures of pages on the internet every once in a while, so we have a record of how they've changed over time. Right. So you can go back and read um, the previous version, the Wikipedia article on what terrain theory actually is that way, or you can actually open in Wikipedia all of the edits that have been made to a Wikipedia article. I did this about KBMF also, and see who made those edits and when and what other edits they've made and who they are. So that was fun. Right. Uh, Tammy Strong has a question. She okay. says, so, so one knows they have herd immunity if they get the virus and it doesn't kill one. Isn't that highly risky? I don't think that's what, that's not what we're saying. Okay. Um, well, we'll take take a moment then with Tammy because she's a longstanding absolutely friend of the show. herd immunity. Like like I don't have herd immunity. I have personal immunity from having gotten the virus. Herd yeah. immunity is when enough people in the environment have um, got immunity to the virus, so it doesn't as easily spread between people. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And and to answer this question, I'd like to go back to that chart from the WHO. Okay. And I want to read the last paragraph because I think, again, this is a premise that a lot of people are working on, and I think we should, we should tease this out. Okay. The percentage of people who need to be immune in order to achieve herd immunity varies with each disease. Okay. Oh, what? For example, herd hmm. immunity against measles requires about 95% of the population to be vaccinated. Or. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. The remaining 5% will be protected by the fact that measles will not spread among those who are vaccinated. For polio, the threshold is about 80%. The proportion of the population that must be vaccinated against COVID-19 to begin introducing herd immunity is not known. This is an important area of research and will likely uh, vary according to the community, the vaccine, the population, Prioritized for vaccination and other factors. Achieving herd immunity with safe and effective vaccines makes diseases rarer and saves lives. So let me deal with a couple of issues there. Okay. And then, yeah. Wow. Um, what diseases did they bring up? Measles. Okay. And what was the other one? Polio? Polio, yeah. Okay. Measles and polio are human diseases. What does that mean? That means your cat doesn't get measles and your cat doesn't get polio. That deer do not get measles and they don't get polio. So if you have a deadly virus moving through a population okay. and you need to slow down the movement so that at least when there are cases, you know where the cases are located and people can sequester themselves right. and keep it from being spread into don't the environment. Don't go to New York City for a while. Makes total sense. Yeah. Makes total sense. Sure. Uh, the problem with this particular virus, because it's a coronavirus, also known... You know, the common cold is a coronavirus. Yeah. Well, because the com- of that, to be clear, common yeah. cold is caused by coronaviruses and ronaviruses. Yes. Several of them. Right. Yeah. Because of this, um, uh, I just saw a tweet last night that they're vaccinating all the animals uh, at the zoo in New York. You guys need to see this with your own eyeballs. Um, so the problem is vaccinating everybody with a vaccine 
that was the other claim. Uh, and we need to, we can just look this up live and yeah. see what we find out. The idea of leaky vaccines. He said this vaccine is not leaky. As far as mm. I know from every source that I've been following, it is called a leaky vaccine because it doesn't do what the WHO said it does. And it doesn't do what the CDC said it would do, which is protect you from getting it or spreading it. This vaccine does not protect you from getting it or spreading it. So you can keep vaccinating people. And what has happened, according to the CDC, as of August, is that the earliest people vaccinated have waning immunity. And increased risk and of severe increased disease. increased risk of severe disease. Right. The director so, of the CDC said that. So what it appears, according to the CDC data, they thought you wouldn't get it, but you can. Right. And it doesn't, it's not long-lasting immunity. So let's say six months go by. Let's be generous. Six months go by, you don't have immunity from that vaccine anymore. From my understanding of T-cell immunity, you have uh, up to a year. This is what these studies are showing. This is what I think is Trying to talk about technology beyond mRNA technology, but unfortunately, nobody's going into it. Right. So getting everybody vaccinated doesn't make the disease stop because it's in the deer. It's in your gerbil. Mm -hmm. It's in your dog and cat. So stopping it within a human population is easier to do. Trying to stop it when it crosses all the into all the red-blooded critters with a vaccine that doesn't keep you from getting it seems like a daisy chain that never ends. This and this is, is where... the talk of booster after booster after booster. Yeah. Which in history, we didn't have to have booster after booster after booster because humans developed immunity naturally. Well, and this is also starting to freak me out because it's making me feel think about like... What if they just decide we've got to just get everybody vaccinated, including all of the wild animals that aren't in zoos, and they just decide to start spraying out of airplanes? I don't think you can vaccinate somebody that way. You can't aerosolize this vaccine? I don't. Th- well, they were talking about an aerosolized vaccine. They were talking about an aerosolized vaccine, which but freaks me the fuck it's out. It's kind of freaky. Because that's, I mean, how much of your freedom of choice are you willing to take away? Yeah, I don't trust the sources to be vaccinating me by airplane the or the motivations. The Smithsonian National Zoo started vaccinating its animals against COVID-19 on Wednesday, exactly a month after all of the lions and tigers living at the zoo tested positive for the coronavirus. Were they sick? <sighs> or, did, or were they developing natural immunity for lions? <laughs> it doesn't matter because we now have to live in a world where this virus does not exist anymore, which is impossible. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But that's still the goal for some reason, to make this virus not exist. Just because something tests positive does not mean it is sick. The vaccination campaign began this week with several primate species. The shots are specifically made for use in animals and were manufactured by a subsidiary of Pfizer. Mm. Here's a cute video about the orangutan submitting to a temperature check and then pushing their arm up against the grate of the cage to allow the keeper to prick them. Why can't you guys be as compliant as the orangutans? Why can't you be as trusting and compliant as the orangutans at the Smithsonian Zoo? So to answer Tammy Strong, um, no, herd immunity is... um, I I don't have data on this, to be clear. I don't have data, but some people were saying, uh, and I think there is data out there, although this is the problem. They were saying that because the virus had ripped through for a year before we ever got to doing vaccines, that lots of people encountered the uh, virus and never got sick. 
Right. And developed immunity without ever knowing they had developed immunity. Yeah. So the idea was that we were already about 50%. Again, I don't know where the data is on this. You can, if you, if you. So what's, what's your hypothesis or your memory? Is that we already had 50% of the people with natural immunity before the vaccines. That's oh. what a lot of people are proposing. Right. Well, so so we do we can find that data. We can find that yeah. data because there are aggregate sources such as John Hopkins University okay. and the ncove2019.live and the Financial Times. These are all aggregate sources that have been keeping track of cases globally. So um, what we did know, we can go back in the Wayback Machine um, and find out at the point they begin rolling out vaccines, how many, what percentage of the Earth's population had tested positive for COVID at that time and then add some because there are plenty of people who got COVID that never got tested for it. One of the things that uh, bothers me is that when I look at countries that were not having big, severe spikes, some countries fare better than us. Some countries where people are outside more because they're in a better climb tended to have lower rates than people who are inside more. And that's the vitamin D story. So there's different things that were going on with different countries because of comorbidities, because of pollution levels, because of economic disparity. Some countries got hit harder than other countries. Yeah. When they started administering the vaccines, and I can compile a list for next, next week's show. I've been looking at a lot of data from these diff- different countries. You, you see spikes in positive cases and hospitalizations mm-hmm. after the vaccine, immediately at the point the vaccine was being rolled out. Yeah. So the idea that it lessens severity Mm -hmm. and that it lessens hospitalization, I don't know how they can say that. Right. Especially when they say unvaccinated people are going to the hospital when a number of those people, and they're not showing us that data. We know it's true, but we don't have readily available data showing that the guy that got two shots who got sick and went into the hospital is listed as unvaccinated. Yeah. So when people say, see, all the unvaccinated people are going to the hospital, what they mean is all the officially. This is not, this is, okay, so this right now. This is not now, conspiracy stuff. We are, this is at the point of a conspiracy theory, I will say. Oh. I think this is, this hypothesis is a conspiracy. We okay. are theorizing about a conspiracy that we have not proven yet. Because okay. all we have is. Uh, more firsthand accounts than I can count on my hand of people who went to the hospital with their loved ones or were a doctor officiating or a nurse officiating over a case where this person had a chart that said they were unvaccinated and they said, I actually just got my second shot this week. I should not be marked as unvaccinated. And they were in the hospital sick with COVID and they were about to be marked down as an unvaccinated person in the hospital sick with COVID, even though they were sick having just had their shot. Because uh, different countries are doing it differently, but I understand it. I don't know if it's hospital to hospital or state to state, but to be considered fully vaccinated, it is a period of time after the second shot. Right. Like maybe 10 days is what I heard. 10 days or two weeks after the second shot. Yeah. So if you get the second shot and you come down, because some people got sick from the second shot, and you get sick enough to go to the hospital, you're listed as unvaccinated if you get sick within the 10 days. Right. So when people saying the unvaccinated are going to the hospital in bigger numbers mm-hmm. than the vaccinated, 
I don't know if that's complete. That's I know it's not completely true. If you look through the data, to what degree yeah. we don't know. You'll yet. have noticed a shift over the last couple of months between talking about people who are unvaccinated and to talking about people who are not fully vaccinated. They used to just talk about unvaccinated versus vaccinated, and now you're going to see a lot of studies fully, and data yes. and organizations talking about people who are not fully vaccinated. Anytime you see that sentence, that's a red flag for a potential that they are marking people as sick without vaccine who have actually gotten the vaccine but they haven't had it for 10 days yet and so for the people that are convinced that the people not getting the vaccine are the problem of the planet they're basing that on these numbers of the unvaccinated going to the hospital when it is actually vaccinated people going into the hospital as well yeah Marked as unvaccinated. That's a problem. That seems like something you would yeah. be concerned about. Now, and this is why it's a conspiracy that I am Theories. theorizing about that I have not proven to be a conspiracy yet because I would have to get one of my medical professional friends to, to dox themselves and provide me with data from their hospital of the number of times someone came to the hospital sick having been vaccinated and was marked down as an unvaccinated COVID illness. And that's a lot to ask from somebody who's trying to keep their job. Yeah. Uh, that's why people reference Israel a lot, because Israel was doing a much better job of people coming in and not doing the t- two-week difference. They were actually delineating between people who had gotten the shots mm-hmm. and people who had not gotten the shots. That, Israel's good for that. There are people who got the shots that are marked as unvaccinated. But in Israel, they're doing the, a much more detailed breakdown Tammy Strong Tammy Strong says vaccine is not a guarantee. That's true. Yep. It's a relatively new disease. That's also true. It's just, I mean, this version of the coronavirus yep. is new. SARS-CoV-2 is new. And all of its variants, several, which we have like 18 so far. It's just a tool to lessen severity, lessen risk of hospitalization and possible death. Okay. Potentially true. Yes. I think it's quite possible that you could go online and find medical studies and data from hospitals and firsthand accounts from friends and loved ones that might make you feel like, with relative safety, getting this vaccine might help you have a less severe case of COVID, it might help keep you out of the hospital, and it might help keep you from dying. What we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks and what we're going to keep talking about is the ethics of a vaccine mandate. You can decide to go get that vaccine if you like. Yes. To potentially prevent the severity of your illness, your hospitalization, and your death. But if it does not keep you from transmitting COVID-19 to the people around you, it is not ethical to enforce a vaccine mandate. And the idea of the passport is absurd because if you get a vaccine and you can still get the virus and still spread the virus, why do you have the right to go to a restaurant more than somebody who has natural immunity? Yeah. Yeah. Say that again. If you if the if everybody in the restaurant has been vaccinated and the only people allowed into the restaurant are the vaccinated, but the vaccine does not guarantee that those people will get sick or spread the virus, then why do they get to go and people who have natural immunity not get to go? Okay, let me say it again too. Say it again. So if you have a restaurant and only people that are allowed inside that restaurant, including staff and everyone, are people who have had a COVID vaccine. Fully vaccinated. Who have had a COVID vaccine and already had it two weeks ago. Can show their card. It's been at least two weeks since I was fully vaccinated. Yeah. You can still have someone in that category of fully vaccinated people 
bring SARS-CoV-2 into that restaurant and spread it to the people in that restaurant. A vaccine passport is not ethical in that instance. It's not ethical. We, I think it's pretty clear. But we're still debating it, which I find really disturbing. Yeah. I'm... The vaccine dilutes the potency level of transmitted virus. I would love to see that data. A couple of people have brought this up to us recently, but they haven't shared any data yet. I think that's kind of a hard thing to prove. Um, but I suppose if you have a study where people who have been fully vaccinated for two weeks within a period of time and the same demographics and the same locale and the same comorbidities have all been tested for antibody levels and T-cell immunity levels, um, and then compare those 5,000 people with 5,000 people from the same demographics and the same areas and the same comorbidities over the same period of time um, who were known to have had COVID-19 and recovered naturally and test their antibody levels and their T-cell immunity levels. Levels, um, then maybe we would be able to say that the vaccine put, dilutes the potency level of transmitted virus. But that would be a hellaciously difficult study to conduct because of all of the similar factors you would have to put into place between people who got a COVID vaccine and people who did not get a COVID vaccine. But if you have that study, please, please share it to me. Um, I do not find proof in a statement of information from an organization, I find proof in data from studies. So um, if you have something that's more than just an article or a statement saying that vaccines dilute the potency level of transmitted viruses, I would love to see that. I really want to see it. I would rather be proven wrong than feel confident in my position. I would rather be proven wrong than be right. I would rather know the truth than feel like I'm safe. I would rather know the truth than feel like I'm safe in my position. I would rather know the truth than be right. I will eat crow for the last year and a half. I will do it. Yeah. I would rather be proved. I would rather know the truth. So please, Let's let's I, I do want to keep chipping away because I think the CDC, Fauci at all have done a terrible job at being clear and yeah. and keeping us updated on information. And they have also given us uh, bad information on policy that was not that was not medical information. So I just on a whim. This is why I have a problem with the CDC and their database. Uh, I've been talking for several weeks because there was a day, there was a study out of Missoula. There was a study out of like somewhere in Pennsylvania. And then the most recent study that I saw came out of uh, Michigan. Um, and the numbers keep going up in Missoula. They said 60 or 30% of white tailed deer tested for COVID tested positive. The recent study that I saw out of Michigan, 60 some odd percent of white tailed deer tested positive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are tons of research going on about white-tailed deer, and I don't know why them in particular, because hunters come in contact with them. You're going to kill a deer, and you're going to eat it. Can you eat a COVID deer? That's a good question. I but mean, we eat deer with plenty of other parasites right. and pathogens in them. But some people have the question, right? And so there's lots of studies on deer and lots of studies showing there's this increasing amount of COVID in deer. So I'm like, well, I just looked up. I wanted to know if, like, pigeons could get COVID. <laughs> oh, God, beauty is fucked. <laughs> Uh, no, no. I wanted to know if pigeons could get COVID. Okay. And, and what I found out was, um, according to the CDC. Just for kicks, you Googled this. Yeah, I just Googled it. Okay. So according to the CDC, they um, are trying to figure out how different animals get it and so on and so forth. And they said it doesn't appear that chickens and ducks. So it's not. It doesn't appear that chickens and ducks so can get COVID-19. So this is not COVID an avian disease. Right. 
Well, according to the CDC. Now, what you need to know, and this is the very first thing that is on the animals and COVID page okay. of the CDC. All right. What you need to know. What do you need to know? Based on the available information to date, and the date is October 5th, 2021. Okay. The risk of animals that was 12 days ago. spreading SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, to people is considered to be low. Okay. Uh, we are still learning about the virus. Why are we vaccinating virus. the animals in the zoo then? It's <laughs> like, a good question. Like, if you can you get it from, like, you're not going to go up and, like, lick an orangutan. And we More already studies, know that, I mean, yeah. I guess if you're wearing a mask to the zoo, if you don't want to get sick... Then I suppose you can wear a mask to keep aerosolized droplets of SARS-CoV-2 from floating from the orangutan's mouth into your mouth. So they're saying people with suspected or confirmed COVID-19 should avoid contact with animals, including pets, livestock, and wildlife. So they have the risk of animals spreading SARS-CoV-2 to people. How much of of a risk is it? Uh, at this time, there's no evidence that animals play a significant role in spreading SARS-CoV-2, the virus that caused COVID-19, Yeah, I to remember people. all those sad stories from last year of people just turning their pets in willy-nilly. That was so sad. Well, that's according to their data, and their data has been wrong a lot. And because they don't have enough data, they're not making, uh, they're not saying. Mm-hmm. But if a large, the newest studies are showing a majority of the deer, white-tailed deer tested, have SARS-CoV-2 antibodies. So that means they got the virus and got over it. Yeah, so they have literal herd immunity. They have literal herd immunity. They're literally a herd. (laughs) Right. And I don't see, I don't know what the death rate of white-tailed deer according to COVID is. But if it's the same as humans. Then it's less than 1%. Probably less than 1%. Yeah. That could be a bad winter for those deer. Which, again, we're not callous to the death around us. Um, One of the key reasons that dark and i started investigating the lockdowns last year and whether the lockdowns were doing more good than harm was because of all the other death that was happening because of all of the collateral damage from the lockdowns um we like the covid deaths are not the only deaths that are happening on the planet right now covid covid is not the leading cause of death anywhere and yeah. they're not the only deaths that are happening. Like, so two older gentlemen in our community passed away in Butte uh, from SARS-CoV-2. That's really sad. I'm very sorry for their friends and loved ones that are missing them. Um, how many people died of suicide this month in Butte? And are those, uh, are those lives of equal importance to the people who died from COVID-19? I like to give out the COVID-19 mortality risk calculation mm-hmm. from Johns Hopkins, even though Johns Hopkins is, is missing the mark on a lot of their pages that I've looked at, that we looked at last week. The COVID-19 <laughs> mortality risk calculation, because I think I, I misspoke on last week's show. I said there was a study that came out that was looking at people and their, um, their idea of the risk of getting covid and I said a small minority of people thought that the risk was 50% or higher. Okay. And it ended up being far more than a small minority. Oh. A lot of people. I think they were so saying. So you like misread the study. 50%. It was like more than half. We have to look it up. It was actually shown on Bill Maher's show. Okay. But he was showing it's skewed. People's feelings of their risk of getting COVID were far, far above the actual risk of getting COVID. 
Nashville mayor? M-A-H-E-R, yeah. Okay. So people's feeling that they might get COVID, their idea that they might get COVID and die or get COVID and go to the hospital was magnitudes larger than the actual known risk. Yeah. And if the majority of the people, vast majority of the people, think that their risk is higher than it actually is, then they are not an informed populace and they should not be weighing in on this idea that we should all be getting the vaccine. If you go to the Johns Hopkins COVID-19 mortality risk calculation, I'm 52 years old. I chain smoked cigarettes for a good chunk of my life. Like 30 years. <laughs> I haven't smoked cigarettes in about two or three years now. Yeah. I didn't get a ton of exercise. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't caring about my food. I filled out the risk calculation. So 52-year-old guy who smoked. Uh, based on the information you have provided, the tool estimates that I have a 0.40% chance. Of dying 0. From 0.4 or 0. 0.04? 0.40. So almost half a percent of a chance. They should just say 0.4 because that extra zero is only there to make you feel like it looks like 40. That's how they do it. <laughs> but anyway, I have a 0. 0.40 chance uh, times risk of dying from COVID-19 compared to the average risk for the U.S. population. Okay. That's worth knowing. And that's how I inform myself because if I know that my risk is 0.40, and I've already had COVID and survived, my motivation to go get the vaccine for myself is low. And then my motivation to get it according to the story to save the people who can't get the vaccine or to save the people most at risk doesn't make sense either because I can still carry and spread the virus. Right. So, so what you really need to do is have your friends dox themselves. Yes, if a friend of mine is allergic to the vaccine and cannot get it and is worried about contracting it because they have known comorbidities mm. to SARS-CoV-2 and cannot do anything to improve those comorbidities, such as exercise or change their diet, then that friend should tell me, look, I have an autoimmune and I am also allergic to the SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. And I don't feel as though it's safe for me to visit with anybody that might transmit this vaccine to me anymore. Then they should not be hanging out with anybody. Oh, boy. What? Yes, you found that chart. Because because vaccinated people and unvaccinated people can still carry and transmit COVID-19 to someone that can't get the vaccine and feels concerned for their safety and well-being. Do you, can you make sense of that chart? Do you want to share right. some of that? If you, uh, let's see. Excellent Bill Mayer segment focusing on the shocking levels of misconceptions about COVID-19 amongst Democrats. And I would say amongst Republicans. Yeah. Um, there's no need to just say amongst Democrats, weirdo. What are the chances somebody with COVID must be hospitalized? Okay, so this isn't even death. This is just the chance that you have to go to, go to the hospital, hospital, which would be called considered severe. Yes. You know, because most of the time you get sick, you just stay at home and be sick at home. Right. You know? Um, so the chances somebody with COVID must be hospitalized. Uh, the green bar is the correct guess. One to five percent. So your actual chance of going to the hospital with a severe case if you get COVID globally is 1% to 5%. 1% to 5% of humans will probably go to the hospital. 1% to 5% of the 8 billion people on the planet yeah. will probably go to the hospital with a severe case of COVID. 1% uh, to 5%. To correct the record, last week I misspoke and said 1%. Yeah. But I also said a vast min- minority of the people thought that your odds were 50%. 
Yeah. And according to this chart, actually, uh, like a lot of people got it wrong. Democrats think 41% chance. Republicans think 28% chance. And independents or others think 35% chance. That 50% of people will have to go to the hospital for COVID. Yeah. But it's. And it's actually 1% to 5% chance. Yeah. So if that many people think that the severity is that high, then no wonder that we can't get along online because there's a lot of people working under a lot of false assumptions. There's a lot to of people that. out there that think that this disease is very, very dangerous. It is dangerous to uh, certain comorbidities and to certain people, and we know who they are. Yeah. But it's not just out there nabbing 50% of the population willy nilly. No. So. <sighs> wow. There's a tweet that I saw, and I've looked into the information. This is a misinformed yeah. planet. We've been misinformed, and we're arguing and why with each other it? based on misinformation. Yes. So people are like to, we've been doing a lot of back and forth with people who are saying that we're cherry picking information to support some agenda that we have. Mm. Obviously, the big. Why would we cherry pick? We're not getting paid you tell to me. do this. Why we're would not getting, I cherry pick? Yeah, we're not getting paid. We don't have to support our, uh, to, to keep our accreditation as a university. We don't uh, have a job that we're going to get fired from if we don't boost an agenda that we have. Right. There's, we don't have any motivation In other fact, than. In fact, we have lost lots of friends over the last couple of years. Our motivation is to try to figure out what the fuck is going on. We're trying to make sense of the world. And people are, are saying that we're cherry picking trying to make sense of the world. Well, and on top of trying to just 41% of Democrats think that you have a 50% chance of going to the hospital if you get COVID. Yeah. That's misinformed. That's, that's That's way misinformed. That's a massively misinformed populace. 41% of Democrats, 28% of Republicans and 35 independent and other. Now only about half the country is registered to vote. So I guess they're saying 75% of half the country thinks that 50% of people with COVID will go to the hospital. Well, you can identify <laughs> as a Republican and not vote. You can identify as a yeah, Democrat I guess that's and not true. vote. Yeah. Um, I wonder how many people they polled in this study. Source, Franklin Templeton Economy of Recovery. I'll look it up. Because um, so that matters. People are, there's a, there's a big debate. And this is not something that has passed. And this is what's really distressing to me because I... Uh, if, if the premise is that we're going to protect the next generation and protect the kids, we need to have the best, most up-to-date data before we start making drastic yeah. measures that's going to affect the next generation, which is not disproportionately affected by this virus. Well, but, I mean, like, you're saying you want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, I want to know what the fuck is going on, and I don't want people to be enslaved to wrong information. Yes. I don't want my loved ones and my friends and my neighbors and my communities to be enslaved and suffering under a lie. So there was- I feel as though there are a lot of my friends and loved Ooh. ones who are suffering because of a lie. They're suffering because they believe certain things are going on around them that are lies. And now they're mad at us for... Pointing out the lies. Pointing out the lies is what's going on. we're denying the truth. And it's like, no, we have data. Where's your data? So I had an issue. I, I, I went to the school board meeting when they were doing the mask thing, and I thought that I, I spoke a little strongly against the teachers' union because what they were doing was holding a, a Department of Education meeting to vote on whether or not the kids would have masks, and it was supposed to be a vote public input. Oh, so Before like they vote. The board was going to take public input to decide how they might vote? Yeah, but they were just going to vote the way they were going to vote. And and even though the public input, uh, input was, was, 50-50. A, was, was 
equal, and there should have been some deliberation after the input. Yeah. There was no deliberation after the input. And my point was that there's a libertarian agitator in the audience who basically riled people up to come down and speak their concerns about their children in their education system, and they were completely disregarded. Yeah. So I feel like that was bad form. That's bad process. And it's going to cause the Democrats to lose votes in this town. Yeah. And telling them that was not, they didn't receive that very well. So, like, if you're not going to listen to the, if you're listening to the CDC that's been wrong over and over and over, and you could be listening to health agencies and um, scientific papers that are global, mm-hmm. which has a better, I think, overall ratio of correctness, let's look at what's going on in Iceland. Uh, Real quickly. What do you want to know about Iceland? Suspended use of Moderna in all age groups. Oh. Because of adverse effects. Let's look at what's going on in Sweden. Suspended the use of Moderna in people under 30 because of adverse effects in people under 30. They're saying basically the damage is not worth the good, so we're no longer allowing anybody under 30 to get a Moderna shot. The vaccines are not doing more good than harm, and they are not doing enough good to justify the harm. So Finland stopped the use of Moderna in people under 30 because of adverse effects. Wow. Let's go to Norway. Norway is recommending against the use of Moderna in those under 18. So these are nations that have one of the highest happiness index <laughs> ratings of any country in the world. These are arguably some of the most prosperous sane countries. Prosperous and healthy countries that have lots of values in systems in place that Democrats and liberals love, like yes. universal health care, universal education, universal child support and elder support. Like these these are some of the the like sexiest countries on the planet, especially if you're a Democrat or a liberal. So that seems like that would be a concern if whole nations are saying, whoa, 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 let's hold back on, on dosing the kids when they're not at high risk of adverse effects from the virus. Right. But we're finding high risk of adverse effects from the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So stop shooting the kids up. Let's not give the kids this shot. And I'll read this other quote. Yeah. And let's just re- Rip us apart on it. Okay. Break it down for us so that we can feel better about what's going on. Because I would like to feel better about what's going on. Okay. This is, um, and I read about, I read this last week, but I think it's important. Um, There's a writer. He's a Swedish writer. And the Swedes have gotten this story pretty straight from the very beginning. They were on board. They were the, supposed to be the control group that was going to be demolished by the virus. Mm -hmm. They fared better than most countries. And, and, And they did a really good job of taking of what's it called in the great Barrington declaration. Yeah. Focused immunity, focused Focused protection, focused protection. Sweden decided to take care of the people that needed to be taken care of. Well, they kind of fucked up in the beginning with the, with the old people, but that's everybody did. Yeah. Everybody fucked Um, up in the beginning with the old people. So this is Einar, uh, ask, ask stat. (laughs) This is a tweet. He just in a quote quoted, uh, information from the UK Office of National Statistics. Okay, so it's it's a Swedish guy, but he's just like quoting something. This is from the UK Office of National Statistics. There's no commentary. None of his opinions. No, it's just a quote. Okay, from the UK Office of National Statistics. Yes, uh, ons.gov.uk/people. 
population, okay, I guess. Okay. So here's the quote from the UK Office of, of uh, National Statistics. Deaths for teenage boys in the United Kingdom have gone up by 63% since the COVID-19 vaccine was, represent, was recommended for teenagers. With an increase of a stunning 700% in just one week, according to a report from the UK Office of National Statistics. Oosh. Twitter then labeled that misleading. The data from the UK Office of National no. Statistics. No, they said Einar's tweet was misleading, even though he was quoting directly from a government paper. Does Twitter provide you with a fact check website to look at the yeah. way that Facebook does? Yeah, they said find out more. Okay, what did it say when you click find out more? Go get the vaccine. It had no information. It didn't say anything? Re- it didn't. It didn't put any of that in context. It just said vaccines are safe and effective. Go get them. Shut up. Just a list of sources of pro-vaccine But like places. a lot of people see that fact check label and automatically assume there must be a source saying that that information is incorrect. This is the problem with AIs editing our information when we're in the middle of a medical issue. So trusting. So <laughs> let's look at that information. So 63% jump in deaths for teenagers. So this is information that England has figured out. The Nordic countries have said, stop shooting the kids up. Yeah. And what do I see in my Montana standard article that comes up in my thing? What? How to help parents deal with their anxiety around their kids not being able to get vaccinated until we can. <sighs> that seems crazy. This in context. so dangerous. I'm so mad because I have so many young kid friends that if you I have care a kid, about so much. If you have a kid, I put a link in the comments. If you have a kid, uh, do you better be getting your story straight. Do the COVID uh, risk tool calculator and see how at risk your kid is. Yeah. Uh, Phil Selbo asks, do you think that the CDC feels pressured to publicly present quote unquote answers rather than admitting that they just might not have enough info to draw conclusions? That's a good question. I don't know what the CDC feels. Um, I would say if that were the case, I would 100% stop trusting the CDC (laughs) because the whole point of organizations like the CDC is to tell you what is actually going on, not to make guesses. And if they don't know what's going on, they should say that they don't know what's going on. This is the problem with Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci changes messages according to policy and not according to medical information. Right. And if you're a discerning person, you're like, well, if he lied, which he admitted to lying about masks, and he said he did it for all the right reasons, but not medical reasons, then I think any person that has critical thinking would be suspect of anything he has to say. This erodes the general population's ability to have faith in the institution that is supposed to be serving a function. Right. So when people are saying, I don't, you know, when people are running out, there are people who are getting horse dewormer and using it but because, so, yeah. because of misinformation from sources saying don't do it, but then they read sources that are saying it's working. So they're using the same medicine yeah. that humans are prescribed, but because of the misinformation and the lies and the shutdowns around ivermectin, the lies by mainstream media and yes. our governmental entities, these people are getting, these people are getting desperate yeah. 
and using the same medication, but it may be at a different concentration. And so they're using high concentrations meant for a horse-sized animal, not meant for a homo sapien-sized animal. So the mainstream news is like, oh, the CDC is overwhelmed with calls from people concerned about overdoses of ivermectin. You know how many overdoses there's been of ivermectin? How many? Zero. Also, people what? are calling about concerns. Yeah. But you can't overdose on ivermectin. You're just going to shit your brains out. It's a problem. That's I that's, don't like doing that. Uh, yeah, you're not you're gonna, you're not going to die. So, who cares if people who have been lied to by their government, lied to by their media are trying to take things into their own hands to protect their fucking family? And then this whole thing, if you're not aware of what happened with Joe Rogan and Sanjay Gupta and Sanjay Gupta, which is the result, this is this should be the tipping point. This is why it's is really concerning to me that my friends are still cherry picking everything that we're like totally splitting hairs about around our research and our data. Without actually addressing our data. Without addressing the data and then going home and watching CNN to get their updates on what's going on with the coronavirus when the CNN lied. Is lying to you. Lied and knows they lied. Is lying. CNN? NPR? Everybody's like, well, NPR is not commercial. Do you know who funds NPR? Who funds NPR? Let's see here. What was it? The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. That's I don't know who the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is. Oh, it's the Johnson & Johnson family. So Johnson & Johnson is funding NPR. Yeah. Huh. Big funders of NPR. Hmm. Anyway, NPR should be safe, but they're also going down the dewormer, calling a human medication. That's 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 like calling penicillin a pig antibiotic. How would you feel about that? Yeah. Are you taking pig antibiotics? Oh, my God. People are taking pig antibiotics. Why don't they just jump off a cliff and die for being so stupid? So our sources, to go back to the beginning of the show, um, epistemological. Epistemological awareness should be important. Where Where? you're getting your information. What are you feeding your head? What is the information based on? Who is funding that information Mm -hmm. should be really important. And then we can discuss the information. We try to do a good job of looking at that. So this is something we should go down the rabbit hole on. I I did it years before, before the CDC, before the coronavirus, around uh, where the WHO and where the CDC get their funding. Yeah, that's very important, and you should want to know. It's not... Taxpayer money just funding the CDC so they can inform us about what's going on. I thought that was the whole point of the CDC no. was that 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 we pay them to tell us what's actually going on. Here, let's look up who funds the CDC. So uh, do you think that the CDC feels pressured to publicly present quote-unquote answers rather than admitting, like, they're not like my pastor, the CDC is not my mom. The CDC is not my parents going through a divorce. Uh, they should not feel any public pressure at all to present answers rather than just admitting they might not have enough information to draw conclusions. They should 100% say, mm. we don't know what this coronavirus will do, which they did say way a long time ago, like two years ago. And then we knew. Then we started finding out. 
And so they should have said, hey, guys, now we do know how this coronavirus behaves. We do know the range of severity. We do know the comorbidities. We do know who is most at risk. And here are a wide variety of early treatments that you could use to prevent hospitalization and death, such as vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, exercise, socialization, fresh air, ivermectin, and hydroxychloroquine, and all other sorts of things you're not supposed to be saying. But they didn't do that. We know those things. We have data to back those things up, and they've known it since before Dark and I were even telling people to be cautious about the CDC. They already knew comorbidities. That's why Dark and I were sitting at KBMF talking about how we should be forming teams to go get groceries for our elderly friends because we know that our elderly friends and our our obese friends and our heart disease friends have the most risk for severe hospitalization and death. But the CDC um, actually, like... So let's go. I just looked up CDC. Okay. Who funds the CDC? So I didn't get a CDC page. I got a CDC foundation page. What's the difference? Well, cdcfoundation.org. Okay, that's weird. Yeah. Um, What are your sources of funding? Uh, As a private 501c3 public charity, that's the CDC foundation. So the the CDC foundation... Is the CDC Foundation the CDC? Let's figure that out. I'm going to let me look that up. But they say the CDC Foundation receives charitable contributions and philanthropic grants from individuals, foundations, Mm. corporations, universities, NGOs, and other organizations. The CDC Foundation. To advance the work of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Okay, so that's so the it's foundation. Like, it's like a 501c3 parent company over the .gov. Yes. Is that legal? <laughs> so when I said who funds, well, I said who funds the CDC, and they, t- they took us to their 501c3. Okay. It's a public-private partnership. Um, so Bill Gates Foundation is one of the big donors, among other people, and I know that is that's troubling for people. Troubling for some people on all um, sides. <laughs> uh, but it's let's troubling, find out. It's troubling for people, and then it's troubling for people that is troubling for people. <laughs> Uh, should I read, should I even try to read Snopes? Is the CDC foundation a government agency? That's a pop-up question. All right, fine. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the CDC foundation are two separate entities. But the CDC foundation gives money to... How these are things that we should know before we start trusting data from the CDC. Didn't it just say that the Centers for Disease Control Foundation's job is to take money to fund the CDC? I don't know how clear that is. I thought you just read that. Well, maybe I did read that. Okay, CDC Foundation. This is from CDC.gov talking about the CDC Foundation. I just I went to an incognito window and I went to DuckDuckGo.com because I don't want my search results to be informed by previous search results that I've made. Um, The CDC Foundation, established by Congress as an independent nonprofit organization, the CDC Foundation is the sole entity authorized by Congress to mobilize philanthropic partners and private sector resources to support CDC's critical health protection mission. So in plain speak, philanthropic partners, so uh, loving donors, such as if somebody dies and they leave money to the CDC, Mm. and private sector resources, which is code for for for-profit businesses, for-profit businesses uh, can donate to the CDC Foundation... 
which will then give the money to the CDC. So I just looked up cdc.gov. Okay. And uh, like who funds them the most? And they take me to a chart from 2011. Okay. Showing that 85% of federal funding to the CDC was for HIV AIDS. And then like... 15% 15% were for other things. Mm. Um, I think it's very interesting. Exit notification. Links with this icon indicate that you're leaving the CDC website. They cannot attest to the accuracy of a non-federal website. You know, anytime a 501c3 exists, you have a legal right as a citizen of this country to know their board members, to know to read their minutes, to attend their board meetings. Well, they don't always do that, just to, like KBMF. To know their donors, but uh, the the, the formation of a 501c3 is contingent upon those promises. You have a right to know the board members of a 501c3. You have a right to know the donors of a 501c3. You have a right to attend the meetings, and you have a right to read their meeting minutes after they're posted. So a- Ash Clinical News is a website that I found. Okay. This is an article from November 2019. So this is pre-pandemic. Okay. CDC pressed to acknowledge industry funding. What? A wait, pe- wait, wait. When was this? 2019. Oh. A petition from advocacy groups calling for the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention to stop claiming it does not have relationships with or accept financial support from drug manufacturers and other companies that might benefit from agency research. This is where crazy... The CDC has accepted millions of dollars through the CDC Foundation, uh-huh. according to groups behind the petition. During fiscal year of 2014 through 2018, the CDC Foundation received $79.6 million from companies like Pfizer, Biogen, and Merck. Since it was created by Congress in 1995, the nonprofit organization has accepted $161 million from corporations. Public Citizen Knowledge Ecology International Liberty Coalition Project on Government Oversight and the U.S. Right to Know filed this petition. The groups are concerned about the pharmaceutical industry's possible undue influence on medical research and practice. Hmm. While CDC disclaimers state that the agency doesn't accept commercial support, the CDC media office has contradicted this. The CDC claims its public-private partnerships are synergistic and beneficial. The petition states, but these partnerships are incompatible with its disclaimers of no commercial support and no relationships with manufacturers of commercial products, hence the Moderna vaccine or the Pfizer vaccine. The CDC cannot have it both ways. It must end this oxymoronic situation of defending its receipt of... uh, corporate money while simultaneously denying that it does. So this is November 2019. The, the source is STAT. That is a STAT News. It's a medical news website. We should follow up and see if that, because isn't it a thing where, like, if the American people require information, they are legally allowed to have it? FOIA, Un- Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, unless it's, like, dangerous to national security for the information to be public. So I just went down that rabbit hole to show you what we do every day. Right. Right. So the thing is, is like if the CDC is being funded by Pfizer indirectly or directly and they're recommending that everybody gets the vaccine, that's a conflict of interest, it seems to me. 
Great. That would be something I would want to know about. If the CDC has salaries and people that are living on money from big pharmaceutical companies, could it possibly impact their data? Hmm. Whether or not they continue to get the money. How we do this data may continue whether or not we get this money. This is why I have a problem with the CDC as a source. Yeah. On this pandemic narrative. Yeah. Because they're in bed with Pfizer. Like, 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 actually. Like, and you know it. They're both smoking cigarettes right now. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> and planning round two. So, what are the conclusions? Do your own, you can do your own research. Is that research? No, this is investigative journalism. We're investigating. I would call it research. I know some people bristle at the idea. What is the definition of research anyway? Uh, investigation. <laughs> okay, let's just look. Oh, I wanted, yeah, research. that's the thing I wanted to do. The systematic investigation into and study of materials and sources in order to establish facts and reach new conclusions. So, like, I really feel like really feel like we're doing research yeah well let's look up um here's where we can uh when people say you must not do your own research uh-huh. this is something that i think is nice to throw out there let's look up uh types of research okay types of research quantitative research qualitative research mm. mixed research descriptive research uh longitudinal research Ooh. cross-sectional research action research Descriptive, you know, it goes Sexy. on. Yeah, so when you say you must not do your own research, what kind of research must I not do? Well, just none of it because you don't have a PhD. Uh, okay. Right? Isn't that the story? All right. You don't have a specialized certification in a particular subject matter from a particular source. Do I so need, you're not allowed to go learn those things. Do I need a PhD to do research on the most gluten-free pumpkin pie crust? Do I need a PhD to do that research to really understand gluten? I wonder. Do you need a PhD to research which brands of toothpaste have the most healthy ingredients? Just don't do it, okay? Just accept what the CDC says. Do I need a PhD to research which kinds of shoes will most support my flat feet? Oh, wait. I just looked up uh, different types of research, and I went to Question Pro, and because I paused too long, a, a thing popped up. Oh, yeah? It said, ready to start researching? No, Question Pro. I must not do that. I must not do my own research, okay? Uh, okay. All right. So today uh, was kind of a loose show. We didn't do a ton of research before the show. We thought we would do some of it live. <laughs> what are you talking about? We, no, we, I all mean, we've been doing for the last three days is like We're research. relying on research from past things. We did not prepare a researched thing for this show other than what I wanted to do is show how we're doing research, how we are finding our information yeah, and then how we're questioning things. So rather than trying to do a bunch of research and come in with our findings, what we're, I wanted to do was show you how it's important to know where the money comes from, know what the political influence yeah. is. These things are important. Um, and I would also like to say fuck CNN and fuck MSNBC and, and fuck, fuck NPR and fuck Rolling Stone. They lied about an issue that will cost, has cost, and will cost people's lives. And if you're watching NPR, you're watching CNN, you're watching MSNBC, and they're informing you about this pandemic, that is why 40% of you 
if you're a Democrat, think that you have a 50% chance of going to the hospital because if you have COVID. Because you've been COVID. lied to. Because you have been lied to been, and not just accidentally lied yeah. to. You have been knowingly lied to. Right. They, they don't not know. They don't not know what's going on. You know, I'm really disappointed in Jimmy Dore. Oh, what now? Jimmy Dore is doing this, like, he's doing this thing where he has this, like, it's what we're trying to do. We started doing it this week, chopping up our video into four and five and seven minute bits so it's more digestible for people. So it's a 20 minute video and all his videos now have this, like, hyperbolic, all cap, brightly colored title. Mm, that grabs people's attention. That grabs people's attention. Right. And well, that's how you get people involved these it's days. It's fucking working because... <laughs> I'm mad that people want sensational it's news. It's fucking working because... <laughs> Why can't we just sit here in our closet and be boring? So because, and here's, this is the shit that drives me crazy because I like Jimmy Dore. He's a ranting, politically partisan person. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's a very progressive person. He's loud. Who wants to hold the Democrats accountable for their hypocrisy. Yeah. So he does, he, he does this. I, I wanted to share this video. I actually shared it to the post-Orthodoxy page last night and then deleted it. Ooh. Because it is CNN lied about Joe Rogan and Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who people have been saying, well, what about Sanjay Gupta? Uh, it, it's, it's Rogan calling out Sanjay, not him personally lying, but him being the medical expert for CNN, not calling CNN out for right. lying when he knows it's a lie and everybody knows it's a lie. And they all know it's a lie. They all know it's a lie. Ivermectin is not only a horse medication. Ivermectin is a, a is a medication that has been prescribed to billions of humans for a very long time for a variety of reasons, including reducing viral loads. So Jimmy Dore... You Jimmy, could know. <laughs> Jimmy Dore posts the video with this... I hate how he's covering his videos now because it makes me not want to share them because they look trashy. <laughs> it looks like Weekly World News or something, right? Anyway, it says Joe Rogan reeks CNN instead of Rex. He misspelled the title on the video, W-R-E-A-K-S. I think he meant to say Joe Rogan Rex CNN, and he misspelled it. So for me to share that on post-Orthodoxy, it looks trashy. But isn't that like a—I bet it's a ploy. I bet it's a ploy. Yeah, I bet it's a ploy to get people to check it so that they can try to find something else to slay him for, and then suddenly they're. <laughs> so I decided not to share it because Aww. all the information is good, and, and we his can commentary share the information somewhere else. His commentary on what CNN did to Joe Rogan. So briefly, Joe Rogan gets COVID. He says, "I'm going to take care of the shit myself. I got a doctor to prescribe me ivermectin. I took tons of vitamin D. Blah blah blah. I have a good hum- uh, immune system because I eat right and I work out all the yeah. time." He was done with COVID in a day. And tested negative in five days. Yeah. And everybody piled on when he was sick. Like, haha, the horse dewormer guy, the guy who's been saying don't get a vaccine. Let's see what happens. Kicks COVID in a day. Back at the gym five days later. Yeah. Did they ever go back in and say, yeah, we said he was using a horse dewormer? Well, it looks like we were lying about Joe Rogan. Did not do that. And spreading dangerous misinformation about a medication that could be saving lives. So if you're getting your fucking news from CNN, just know that they lied to you. If you're getting your news, if you're getting your health advice from fucking Fauci, just know he fucking lied to you. Yeah. And when did that stop becoming important? Being lied to? Yeah. When is It's okay if they lie a little bit. How much lying is okay before you How stop much? using that as a fucking source? <gasps> I get to say that thing my mom always said to me. What? How much poop in your brownies is okay? That's right. How much <laughs> poop in your brownies is okay? If you're fucking watching MSNBC or NPR or CNN and then you're coming to us 
to fact check us. A little bit of poop in your brownies? How much poop is good for you? Wouldn't you rather just find a brownie that didn't have any poop Maybe in it? Maybe a little poop is good for your immune system? No, only vaccines are good for your immune system. Fuck. I also want to put it out there uh, for my friends and loved ones on Facebook who have been telling everybody that has been taking ivermectin or talking about ivermectin that they should just go crawl in a hole and die for being stupid. Stupid. You have a lot of self-reflecting to do. Yep. Speaking of self-reflecting. When is that shit going to break? And when are people going to realize that they're, they've been cunts? Why are you telling people to go jump off a cliff? I thought not even one death was acceptable. I thought it was all like, not even one death is okay. Um, so even if a bunch of people become addicted to opioids and a bunch of people get abused by their spouses and a bunch of kids deal with malnutrition and mental health issues for the next two decades, we saved some COVID deaths. I thought not even one death was okay. And now you're on Facebook telling people to jump off a cliff because they won't do the thing that you think they need to do. Because you're misinformed by Just, people who fill you full of bullshit because they're corporately sponsored news sources. You should care if people are lying to you. uh, You should. If you're not traumatized enough to actually do your own uh, insight and research into what the fuck is going on, I'm going to give you guys a link to our website. Yeah. So people who have jobs and careers and sit at their computer at work and then write us to tell us to verify our sources and tell us that we're full of shit... We are not at a job doing that. We're doing this of our own accord, out of our own pocket, spending our own time. I would love to be at the fucking hot springs right now after this show. But what happens? We end up responding to people because we have integrity in our show. And so when people say that we're full of shit, we have the obligation publicly to disabuse people of that misinformation that has been thrown at us by people who are sitting in a nice fucking cushy job somewhere throwing shit at us. We have a website, and if you find value in the work that we're doing... If you're taking any value at all from these conversations, even if you like disagreeing with us, you can support us on our website, and you can, like, we could be making money for the work that we're doing. If you find value in the work... We could be supported in the work. It's going to be, like, if we get 1,000 people at $5 a month supporting us, we're still not making money. Yeah. That just allows us to do the work... Better. Right now we're working on a deficit and we yeah. have been for the last few years. We've been working on a deficit where we do work that we're not getting paid for and support ourselves in other ways. So what are the motivations of your sources of your news? What are the motivations of the sources of uh, your, your um, what do they call medical professionals? What could be motivating the information that's coming out? It's an important question to ask yourself. If you care about what kind of bread you're eating and for the safety of your kids, you should be fucking care about the kind of information that's going into your head. If you care about the kind of bread that your kids are eating, you should absolutely care about what the vaccine might do to them. Well, they do. And they believe bullshit news sources that are fucking funneling bullshit into their fucking brains every day. But here's the problem. And this is the trauma that we're dealing with. And I have compassion for this because Trump said fake news. Somehow the left now must defend corporate media because Trump said fake news. So if Trump said fake news, all news is now holy and untouchable, apparently. (laughs) This is how you fucked yourself, guys. God. Are we done? Can we go to the hot springs? Yeah, let's go to the hot. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do this week? Uh, So So we have a show on Sunday. Let's talk to you about our workflow so that you can feel justified in sparing $5 a month to support the work that we're doing. Um, If you join these live streams or participate in any of our arguments on Facebook, uh, I would appreciate it. If you discussions, I would say discussions on Facebook. Yeah. I'm not arguing with people. 
I think you are actually in like the Greek sense. Okay. You know, arguments, discussions, conversations. If you participate with post-Orthodoxy, then you can go to betterti.me or postorthodoxy.com and sign up to send us $5 a month. Don't even have a recurring payment. Don't have to think about it. Don't ever have to think about it again. And as long as we show up on Sunday, you know that we're spending the money on this. Yeah, in exchange, <laughs> in exchange for the value you receive by participating in these conversations. We want to do this better, and we actually need a production team. I like, I like what Jimmy Dore does. I think he is uh, an amazing uh, voice that is trying to hold the left accountable to its ideals, which has made him unpopular with the left. <laughs> Parents never like. Oh. Parents never like it when children keep them accountable Jimmy Dore to their ideals. Started his thing in the garage with a green screen. Yeah. Uh, he now has a team. He has somebody who making up T-shirts ideas from the thing that came out from the last show. He has somebody pulling the clips. He has somebody doing the media, uh, the social media work. He has people. He has so he can focus on the work. Right now, we're doing everything. We're responding to our people. We're doing our own research. We're paying our own rent. We're buying our own gear. Thank you, by the way, to everybody who supported oh. this studio so yes. that we could do this. This came from you guys. Yeah. You can hear us. You can see us. You can interact with us because of a wide variety of fantastic donors, many of them anonymous. Many of them anonymous. Some of them not happy with us right now. Yes. And that's not because we did anything wrong. It's because we're dealing with divergent paradigms and multiple realities. And I'm looking forward to a time when maybe the bubbles can pop back in in a less destructive way where we can Mm -hmm. actually have civil conversations with people that we disagree with. Right now, there's a lot of emotions. And I feel like the emotions were amplified in people's rhetoric towards us when we started talking about mass formation and how possibly, likely the majority of the people in this country are under a mass delusion because of bad information sources. Under a trauma response. In addition to a trauma response. Yeah. Trauma responding into a mass form. They're, they're, they got swept into a mass formation because of all the trauma we've all been going through over the last several years. So this week, we're going to be chopping up pieces of the video yeah. that might make some of the things that we're talking more about more digestible than people having to wade through a two-hour video. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be doing... Research, an investigative journal. I'm well, going to say have, it. I'm going to do some goddamn we are motherfucking doing research. research. That's the definition of and research. You know what we're going to do? Can you put up that? I don't even have that thing anymore. That that Thanks. one meme that has "Don't do your own I, research." I was trying to find it in my downloads, but I will pull it up. Um, yeah, uh, don't do your own research. Cognitive uh, or, or critical thinking is overrated. Questioning authority should be put aside. Uh, these are all like mainstream news organizations. Well, and I telling you to stop thinking and just get along with the program. And you can only do that when there's a mass formation where people are too uh, shell shocked, traumatized to actually think for themselves. They've only been put into a reactive mode, which I think is really dangerous. And as soon as we started talking about that, a number of our friends became much more aggressive in their critique of what we're doing. Yeah. Because why? Because this is the point of our show cult behavior. Yes. Cult is usually a small thing, but unfortunately in a mass formation, this is where psychosis goes big. And we evaluated uh, last week, we did an evaluation of four four factors that need to be in place in order for something to be considered cult or cult-like behavior. It's worth looking up the definition of a cult and seeing if it fits your community. 
a friend of the show said that she did not get a warning this week when she tried to share our show. Hey, and Norm Goodwin just popped in to say, I'm here. I was watching in YouTube. Screw pop media. We are desperate to get away from decentralized uh, network locations. We want to find ways to live stream and have these conversations with you guys that are not on Facebook and eventually not on YouTube because the YouTube algorithm shadow bans people who are trying to have level-headed conversations also. Yeah, I'm concerned about friends of mine in these uh, in this ecosystem of Butte America that are making, uh, they think they're making good, informed choices about the kids in this community, and they're basing that information off of a lying media and a compromised uh, medical professional organization. Yeah. And if you really give a fuck about the kids, put your fucking ego aside and start looking into global data about what's going on. If you really fucking give a shit. If you're just on a team and you're going to support your team, <laughs> answer to the kids about that later on. Yeah. Because this is fucking dangerous what's going on. So uh, please support what we're doing. $5 a month is not that big of a deal from a few individuals. Um, this, we would like to move into, uh, um, some people said they liked it when we had people who were not us talking on the show. <laughs> So we also like that. <laughs> we like it when there are people not us talking about uh, the show. We just also don't have a lot of time. We spent the last uh, two episodes, which were the new episodes after a 10-week break, mm -hmm. just getting people reacquainted with the show, what we're doing, how we're doing it. And then we are now going to be doing one show a week instead of two shows a mm -hmm. week so we can have better quality and less quantity and give us some time to start uh, uh, producing the shows that we've had, get them up on our uh, podcast a distribution get site, websites, so. get them on the websites. Also, uh, having communication with the guests that we want to have on the show. We have a yeah. number of guests in line to oh, come yeah. on the show. And we're really looking forward to having guests on the show where it's not just her and I. But I really appreciate people sticking through the first few reintroductions of our show. And I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the feedback from everybody. Anybody yeah. who takes the time to they compliment or criticize us it's really important to us. Yeah. Uh, people keep saying that we are in our own little reality we bubble. We're not, we're not self-reflecting. Mm. We would like to remind people that we are not producing a show and then shoving it in your face. We are doing this so that we can have live communication with you. Yeah. People choose to think about it. And then we end up spending a lot of the week responding and it's become our job that we don't get paid for. Yeah. And why? what's the motivation? Why would we spend all our time doing things we don't get paid for? It's because we, we care, and we would like to see some harm reduction in our community, and we would like to see our community stop fighting each other. That's what we would like. Um, so if you would like to support uh, us working towards a saner world with, um, with more uh, ethics involved in the choices that are being made so that we can at least have some baseline of agreement of where we're working from, please support the show. Yeah. Um, so our, we're going to, we're going to deep dive into the sources that have been shared with us. Glenn shared a source with me from, or no, uh, Drago shared a source with me from the Washington state department of health about non fully vaccinated people going to the hospital. So I'm going to see if there's any way I can find any data on whether or not those people were actually unvaccinated when they got sick and went to the hospital. Yeah. We're um, doing this kind of work. And if you're asking us the question and we're doing the research to answer your question, I think we're serving 
having a function. Yeah. So when we oh, yeah. posted 79 articles that saying herd immunity is as good as, if not better than vaccine immunity, and we're presented with one article that mainly links to the CDC, which I feel like is a disreputable source. Sus. Yeah. Um, we will do that work. We're going to go and look at the Pfizer study and the Moderna study and see what they actually said and see if what they're saying refutes what we're saying, which is that at this point there is no ethical case for a vaccine mandate. If you think you think that there if you think that there is an ethical case for a vaccine mandate, please let us know why you think it is ethical to force other people to get these vaccines. Uh, yeah, the left, the left used to be like super into bodily autonomy. We had a, I won't say a friend of the show, a critic of the show, um, challenge us to deal with what he thought was logical fallacies, misrepresentations, contradictory stuff. He challenged us and said that our show was full of it. Mm. We challenged him to say, tell us the specifics. He gave us three specifics, a logical fallacy, a misrepresentation, and a conflicting or whatever, whatever yeah, con- the third. Con- con- contradiction. Contradiction. And we spent three days. We spent at least two days responding. And then we were told that we were not self-reflective enough and he doesn't know what to do with us. And then that was the end of the conversation. So we spent three days. So here's a problem that I see a lot of the time with people that think they're right. And I usually say parents because that's been my experience, something that parents don't like, something that parents think. But I have to like expand that to like people who assume they're right, which is generally the role of the parent around a child. Yeah. Fucking schmuck child hasn't been around right. very long. Parent probably knows the, the best thing, most circumstances for a young child, right? But then the parent gets stuck in this mindset of, I know that I'm right, even as the child matures and grows and learns and has their own experiences and gains their own knowledge. The parent continues to just assume that what the parent knows is the truth. So I'm going to expand that from parents to people who assume they're right, think that... If upon self-reflection, you do not end up agreeing with their position, you did not self-reflect. That's what I think was being said. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, say it. People who assume that they're right for various reasons. People who assume that they're right um, don't think that you're self-reflecting if you don't agree with them. And that's something that requires some self-reflection. It's ironic. It is ironic. I would rather know the truth than be right or think that I'm right or feel that I'm right or feel safe in feeling that I'm right. It's ironic. Irony is uh, really important to me. I used to do stand-up comedy. (laughs) Irony is really important, and we have an irony deficiency. Irony deficiency. Uh, Aside from the vitamin D and the vitamin A, we should also be stocking up on on our ability to to understand irony. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing today's show. I have a bunch of clips from Wednesday's show that I've chopped up that I'm looking forward to start uh, dropping right. into So that's the also feed. what we're going to do research. We're going to look at the sources people gave us. First, we're going to eat some lunch and go to the fucking hot spring. Yeah. Because self-care. We got room in the car for one more if anybody <laughs> wants to join us. Um, and then we're going to be we're going to be doing research. We're going to be evaluating sources that have been presented to us. We're going to be posting and commentating with you guys online on Facebook. We're going to be turning this episode into a podcast 
that you can find wherever podcasts are found. We're going to be beefing up our website protocols so that people can figure out whether or not post-orthodoxy is something that they would like to support financially. Mm. And we're going to be turning this episode into little video clips that you can more easily share with your friends and loved ones. And then when we actually start making money, we'll let you know how we're spending it. How's that? Yeah. Oh, and then we're also going to be prepping for another show on Sunday. Same yeah, time. We're going to be place. doing uh, every Sunday at noon until further notice. Thanks for playing today. Um, we did get rid of the Wednesday uh, show primarily, so we actually have time to go back and forth with people who want to go back and forth with us online. You can find us on the Facebook post-Orthodoxy page. You can find us on uh, YouTube. You can find us on Twitch. You can find us on Twitter. Us on Twitter. We're live streaming on Twitter and, now. And we also need to be spending more time on keeping our website current mm-hmm. and putting new information in there. I have a Substack. If you have not subscribed to me on Substack, it's darksevier.substack. You can find me there and subscribe. And then whenever I write a new piece, it shows up in your email so you don't have to wonder when the next piece comes out. So all kinds of ways to get involved and support the work that we're doing, whether it's financial or whether it's just um, being a part of the conversation because that's what's most important to us. Woo-hoo. So thanks for playing this week, and we'll see you next Sunday, if not before. <gasps> well, I forgot to pull up my outro so I can actually play the outro. Oh, play the outro. Okay, let me, let me, you just keep saying something. <laughs> yeah, um, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to having these conversations, and I'm glad that we're going one show a week instead of two so that we don't feel so stressed out about mm-hmm. trying to keep up with last week before we come to this week. So, oh, gosh, tell me about it. Yeah. Okay. But- I've got it. I'm going to play it. It's going to be so much smoother in the edit, but I wanted to play this for people uh, on the show. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week. (laughs) Thank you for visiting our Outpost in the Borderlands. Post-Orthodoxy is a project of Sevier Studios. We host ongoing, interactive conversations centered around cognitive liberty, and you can join in by catching one of our live streams on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. You can also catch each conversation after the fact as a podcast by searching for post-Orthodoxy wherever podcasts are found. If you take value from the work we are doing and the community we are building together, you can support the outpost in the Borderlands for as little as $5 a month on our website, Better Time. That's betterti.me. Visit the Sevier Studios page and subscribe. You can also support The Outpost by following and connecting with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and or Substack. Our post-Orthodoxy theme music was composed by Frank Pascal, and a special thanks goes to our voice actors, Amelia, Colin, Zbo, Rosie, Gabo, Vicky, Mokai, and Tony. Thanks for playing. outside your reality bubble. I think I dribbled a bit, that last one.